Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. Welcome to episode 44 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. This is Tim. And we are a podcast about... Board games. Board games. Yes. And in this episode, we'll be talking about Gen Con 2018. The best and worst and more. A little different than before. So if you've heard our Gen Con episodes in the past, we've switched it up a little to avoid being repetitive. Yeah, and we just were there, so it's all Yeah, and this rough. will actually be shortly thereafter as opposed to say <laughs> Nobody knows that several us, months after. <laughs> That's never happened. No, never. Don't listen to never. Tim. We always record in a timely manner. Yes. We just don't release We're doing time. good. We're, we're actually doing this at a Gen Con right now. <laughs> yeah, that sound you hear is the sound of the AC at the convention center. Uh, it's yeah. not coming out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. The edit will tell us. But before we talk about Gen Con Let's jump into the spawn point. Spawn point. Spawn point. Who's first? Chris. Oh, I have a great one. All right. So we know about the decrypto controversy we talked about in the last oh, episode. Oh, my yeah. Lord, yes. It's on the Facebook page. We had a lot of our listeners vote in the poll. Thank you, by the way, listeners. And ironically, it after the last time we posted... It went to 50-50 exactly yeah. in the poll. Just a quick refresher. It was a game we had of Decrypto where somebody used winner for the word dinner. And they the, the, the question was, did it violate the rhyme policy? And um, I'm happy to say that the designer himself. Public, one of the publisher. The publisher. Yeah. Name. I thought, I thought Ryan knew personally for some reason. No. Because you reached out and all of a sudden he posted Hold on, let me get his name. He cast the deciding vote in favor of favoring the spirit of the rule versus the rule. Yeah. In other words, Chris won the argument. Yes. So. And there's no debate because the publisher posted. Yes. It's so it's so <laughs> rare that I'm right like this. I have to pass. <laughs> I can't help it. You'll be riding this one for a while. So I think the bottom line with to crypto, and it's one of the reasons it's one of my favorite games too, is the rules are really, you know, no rhyming like soft and loft. And no insider clues for your team. Uh, the old Heather and Joel controversy where they could use maybe inside info on a YouTube they watched or something. Outside of that, everything else self-corrects because you cannot give out too much information to your own team without betraying it to the other team. That's why the game is so balanced. Yeah. His name is Christian LeMay. Great man. From, from Yellow, the publisher. Very smart. Yeah, and I actually appreciate him coming on because it took effort for him to join our Facebook group. I had to send him a, a link, and then uh, he had to join with the link. Then I had to send him a new link to the poll. So it was like this back and forth uh, just to get him it's in It's a there. lot of work. And he, he posted sort of an explanation, too. Yeah, so we appreciate you, Christian, for doing that for us. And actually, I will say, too, that after our discussions at breakfast and covering this multiple times, uh, my opinion might be changing, too, because it is a – self-correcting thing as if you're doing farther down the line and it's not directly back to the word you're also giving up more information that makes your word more decipherable so i think it's a self-balancing thing that's one of the beauties of this game 
This game is so well designed, in my opinion. What was the keyword that everyone kept calling it? Transitive clues? The transitive the property. Transitive property. Yeah, like that word. I heard that word so many times. That got, uh, like I would I would walk away and come back and people would be talking about decrypto. And the transitive this, property. Yeah, the yeah. transitive property. The transitive <laughs> property betrays the clue, but it also gives it to the other team. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with that. It's al- It almost makes it dumb to even argue about it. Right. Because like Chris said, it, it self-corrects. Right. And there were times we played Decrypto and Gen Con, which we'll get to later. And I remember when we came down to the tiebreaker, you have to guess the literal words of the other team, which is hard to do. And they were putting ours together because of the clues yeah. that we gave. Yeah, because all the clues related to each other yes. instead of relating to the main word. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they got Cage, for example, which we were using Nicolas Cage right. movies. They they figured that out. That w- In fact, that was one of the easier ones because I think jail was one of the words. And then, you know, all these <laughs> Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> so they guessed it. So, yeah, it's a self-correcting problem. Yeah, it's crypto. What you got, Tim? Uh, just a little bit of X-Wing 2.0 uh, stuff. My brother's been pretty active on uh, the fantasy flight boards and stuff. And quite shocking how much flack he's getting for kind of being a naysayer for 2.0 <laughs> and just kind of saying, I'm continue 1.0. And all these people are just attacking him. Oh my gosh. And the crazy thing is, is they're all like, oh my God, X-Wing 2.0 is going to be the best ever. This said, it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> so they're like, they're like behind this, the Kool-Aid. this beast that doesn't exist and saying how it's going to fix this and fix this and fix this. But there's no proof that it's going to fix anything. Yeah. What are the changes in 2.0? Uh, a lot of it is, uh, well, for one, if you have any 1.0 stuff, you pretty much can throw it all in the garbage. The dials are different. The, the cards are different. They now have medium ships versus like, uh, the slave one, which used to be a large base ship is now a medium base. Um, there's now this bullseye arc, which would be kind of like when you're putting your range ruler in the front of the ship, the two little prongs there, that's kind of like your bullseye arc now. So there's a bunch of things. There's supposed to be some kind of force element and stuff. So they're, they're, they're changing some things. Did they change the dice? The dice are exactly the same. Oh, God. Does Leia fly through the air? Uh, <laughs> that's probably an expansion. I'm sure that'll be coming out. The Leia ship? Yeah. She's holding her hand out like she's reaching for something. The big, she's probably a ship of her own. She's just probably a small <laughs> ship of her own. Uh, the, the problem is, too, is they're, they're not supporting Epic either with 2.0. Ooh. So what they've kind of done, too, is they've given themselves the license to reprint everything that they've already made because now they got to have the 2.0 X-Wing, the 2.0 TIE Fighter, the 2.0, everything that they produced at this point. So probably won't see new ships for an indeterminate amount of time, which really sucks for people who've been playing this. Yeah. Uh, the lack of Epic support sucks too. They're basically not even thinking about that. So Is that basically that what Jim's point was? Kind of, yeah. And he's just getting so much flack for it. The other thing, too, is they, they, they've refused to, like in Magic, when there was a card that took over the environment, they banned it. And it just became an unusable it. card. Yeah. They refused to do that in X-Wing for some reason. When a card was broken, just just ban the ship. There's enough ships. But then people get impassioned. Oh, my God, I paid money for the ship, and now I can't use it. Yes, but it broke the environment. Turn so, play. But yeah, exactly. Friends. But see, that's what it seems. that That's all that's really cared about is tournament players. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a much... There's a very large group of casual players, too, that are, are not feeling the love right now. And it, it's uh, kind of disheartening. It's part of X-Wing 2.0. Is that par- partially related to the Star Wars reboot and how it's... No, no. I mean, there, there are some cool things. You know, the, the, one of the cool things with the dials, too, is, you know, right now with the existing dials, 
everything's covered up except for a little window where it shows mm-hmm. your maneuver. They flip that so you can see every maneuver on your dial, which is nice because when you want to maneuver your ship, you can see everything. And there's just a little arrow that points to the maneuver you're selecting. So that's that's really nice. But the upgrade kits are like fifty dollars to like you know if you, for me to upgrade rebels, you get two beam wing dials in a rebel upgrade. Now, if you're a tournament player, you're probably not going to fly more than at most probably four if you did twenty five point ones. But so there's still two upgrade kits. That means I got to spend a hundred dollars to upgrade. Four you don't think they'll sell those dials separately? They're, they're supposedly supposed to start doing that separately as well. All but right. still, I think the price point is so high that it's just it's kind of stupid. And then the whole banning thing, they didn't want to ban things from 1.0 to fix the environment. But what they did is in 2.0, oh, they just didn't include it, which would effectively be a ban. So they've kind of just banned everything via not carrying it over into 2.0. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, me and my brother are going to continue doing 1.0. Until something actually drives us to there. Or, you know, they get to a point that, you know, the tournament players who own five ships have upgraded all their ships. And then they've got a ton of upgrade kits sitting there just collecting dust. And we can get them for like, you know, 10 bucks a pop instead of 50 bucks a pop. Then maybe we'll upgrade. Because it's just, I would have to drop like $500 just to upgrade my existing stuff. And it's just, there, there's no value well, in It's better that me. than buying a Dwarven Forge. <laughs> <laughs> True, those are quite pricey these days too. So yeah, so just a a little, you know, and that's something I wanted to do at Gen Con. I wanted to get a two O demo, but as oh, usual, gosh. Fantasy Flight Booth was the biggest god awful nightmare. So I didn't get the chance to do it. You know um, what, though? So we'll see. I wish I would have realized this in the board, the big board game hall that we never go in. They probably had an area there too, where they were doing demos. Oh, that would have been smart to check. Uh, so maybe next year we'll have to, because I always have the same problem. I want to see some stuff from Fantasy Flight, but I do not want to wait in that crazy no, line. <laughs> no, it's like did you, did you see it this time too? That instead of you know before you know you'd queue out and you would just queue through the hall like seven hundred yeah. miles. Now they actually had reserved a big portion of their space to do a wrapping line. Yeah, it was like getting in line at a Six Flags. Yeah, it's almost like you're going to get on a ride, and all you do is you get to the end to get on the ride. And then all you did was like spend full price to get stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like you're waiting in line for that long, and then you just buy a ticket to the ride and then yeah, you leave. Right, That's right. Basically, what you're doing. I'm a little. I had one question about the throwing the stuff away comment. Like, do you th- are they going to make the ships reusable? You can you can use that's like the one thing that you okay. can use. Your ships are still good. Your bases, in theory, are still good. But you're going to be getting rid of you're going to be getting rid of all your cards. You're going to be getting rid of all your small cards. All the small cards are now normal size cards, and the way they're overlaying them is different, so you can kind of like stack them underneath your cards. So throw away all your pilot cards, throw away all your upgrade cards, throw away all, all your uh, dials, throw away all your ship templates that go onto yeah. the stand. Those yeah. are all because now they all have the bullseye arc. Throw all that stuff away. They've claimed that now you're building 200 point fleets instead of 100 point fleets because that gives them, you know, more variability. So, like, if this. If this thing was supposed to cost two and a half, they couldn't do it mm-hmm. because two and a half, you had to pick two or three. You couldn't do two and a half. So now if they make it four, five, no, 200 points, you could actually make it five where it should be. But then the pilot skills are now one to six rather than one to like 10 or what it used to be. So they made it less granular on the pilot skill and more granular on the cost. So I'm not sure I buy their granularity argument because they did the opposite for pilot skills. Why wouldn't pilot skills that can go from, you know, 1 to 15? Or at least stay 1 to 10 because that gives you more granularity. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sold right now. 1-0 going forward. And uh, 
we said if we buy a 2.0 ship, you're allowed to fly the 2.0 ship with the 2.0 dial. And other than that, we're flying 1.0. Okay. Yeah, I mean, no one's forcing you to buy nope. 2.0. So that's the funny thing about the whole gym thing is like, why do people care? Just let them play they, 1.0. Yeah. They are so they they <laughs> ride him so hard for the stuff, and he's actually at a point. I think he's going to request once again because he he actually had the fantasy flight. He's the one that got the epic arc under the fantasy flight boards because oh, wow. it didn't exist. So he's now thinking about getting them to open up a one zero. Yeah, like to a continue just for one. Yeah, just for one zero. Yeah, for the people who sense. just want to continue playing. Yep. Okay, so for my spawn point. Uh, I want to run an idea by you guys, oh. and and this is for the listeners too. So I, I want everyone's input on this. So I'm trying to solve <laughs> I'm trying to solve multiple problems uh, that I've had since we've been podcasting. So one of the problems is I have not received a lot, but I have received some review copies of games, some by request and some not, and a lot of those unfortunately, are just sitting at my house. So I started like the Ryan reviews segment, if you guys recall, yes, where I tried to review those. But it was like, it's honestly, it's it's a lot of time. It's a lot more time than you would think to just record like a 15 minute review like that. So that's the first first problem is we have like this review copy issue. The second problem is that I think overall I play more games than you guys. And I think it's I don't think it's interesting for me to share with you about a, a game that frequently share with you about games or tell you about new games that you've never even heard of or care about. OK, so that's this is the second problem. So if I was to talk about these games like on the show, I don't know how interesting it would be. I mean, it would be kind of semi-interesting, but if I did it all the time, I don't think it would be interesting. And, and we stopped doing reviews on the show because I don't think it translates well. No, and we've had a lot of positive feedback on that. Yeah, we kind of switched the discussions and the, the listener questions, which I think was a good move. So there's all these problems. I'm calling them problems. I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see on, on these audio. <laughs> problems. <laughs> yeah. So this is my my thought. My thought is instead of doing Ryan reviews, maybe retiring that, which it, I haven't done one in a long time. I was gonna say it's kind of retired. Yeah, via not being. But officially done. retiring it, and I'm thinking of starting a new thing where I would occasionally post called Ryan reacts. Wow. And what I would do in this is pick like five games. They might be review copies, or they might just be other games that I've played. And instead of doing a review of the games, just kind of giving my opinion of the game. And if you want to see like a full review, you can go out to YouTube and maybe I can make recommendations. But the idea is it's kind of like when I'm sitting with you guys and I'm just sharing about a it's game that casual. I played. Yeah, it's much more casual. But just I'm, I'm assuming maybe people want to hear my opinions about some of the games. And so just kind of sharing my opinions of like, four or five games per, hopefully keeping it to like 10 to 15 minutes and just posting those every now and then. So, so that wouldn't be part of the podcast. It would be separate. It'd be a separate thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, is it a trick question? I, I, th- <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, you know, that really could good. even be your, your spawn point in this podcast. I mean, if you're just going to Ryan react to a game during your spawn point well, that you did, I'm it's skeptical. not as bad. I'm skeptical, though, that you keep it to 10 minutes. Yeah. There is that. Yeah, so like I used to, um, when I was tackling my magic number down from like 50, every time I would play a game, I would write like a short description of my opinion of it. And I stopped doing that because even that was like t- kind of time consuming. But then some people who were following my posts on there told me that they missed me doing that. Mm, I so I feel like it kind of... I, I think that's a much better thing because I think trying to do, you know, explain the game and the rules, it just doesn't translate well. I mean... it. It bores the crap out of me, I know, when I listen to it. It's yeah. like, you know, I kind of get what you're saying, but, I, you know, I'm still listening and not really picking up everything. So I'd much rather get the reaction to yeah. how the game plays. 
how you think the game plays and, and kind of get that higher level opinion. Yeah, like my, my idea would be to like just focus on what makes the game unique or interesting and not describing like all these game mechanisms, but just what makes the game yeah. fun. Well, or I not mean, fun I think you whatever. can say things like, you know, hey, you know, this is a worker replacement game and, you know, it's really cool. That's what kind of makes the game fun is that aspect of it. But yeah, you don't have to get into the, well, there's this that you can put on and there's this you can put on and, and go into the details of yeah. the number of workers you place and, you know, all the details is, yeah, just zap them. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to the listeners if you if you would be interested in listening to that if you could post we'll post a why wouldn't they say no to that they might like they might not think that it's you enough have to give info. them another choice though that versus Ryan Ryan versus reviews. versus I think it's nothing. that versus not just not doing it I'm trying to figure out if this is if it's worth me doing okay yeah I'm gonna see how much interest there is. and and just be honest if you don't think it would add that much value or it wouldn't be that interesting then that's fine I'm just I don't know so I would I'm curious to hear what you guys think we could post a poll on the Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you guys could comment or whatever afterwards. So anyway, that's my thought. I, I think every so often too, you know, do Orion's reactions. Go out and get like poison ivy or something like that, <laughs> and then you know, describe the reaction that's happening. Yeah, yeah. I should do that. Or what? Like when you look at the sun, what happens? Yeah, oh, right. Gosh, yeah, the sun. Yeah, not good. <laughs> Pretty bright. All right. Well, moving on to the out of game Hall of Fame. Chris, do you want to explain what our Hall of sure, Fame is? Sure, the Hall of Fame. So the, we have the top 10 list, or top X list of however many games is your, in your top X. But Hall of Fame is different than your top list. Hall of Fame is games that you're kind of retiring. You're not expecting to ever play these games again. But the game is so good, or it has such a great memory, or there's some such such a positive aspect that it makes it into your Hall of Fame. And it's forever immortalized. Yep. So I have a prediction for this Hall of Fame. Oh. I don't know how much weight I'm going to put behind this, but I suspect there's a chance we might have a crossover. I predict there's zero chance of that. For uh, yours. I'll, 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 I'll bet that there's no crossover. Tim's always I, picks really I, obscure I, stuff. I, I bet you guys don't even think of mine. So okay. I, I probably don't even know yours. All I right. haven't known Since any you guys yours. aren't agreeing with me, I'm going to just redact that statement. Oh, <laughs> oh we make it interesting. No, there's no chance now. $100? Hundred fifty, two hundred. Well, Ooh. if you wait, you'll give me two hundred if it's I'm like, wrong. Yeah. Okay. No, if you're right. No, you already you're said right. it. You guys heard it. If you're right. <laughs> it's like Kramer. So <laughs> I wanted to recap the previous entries. Ooh. So we'll do that by person. So Tim, you want to start? Tim's his first one is Epic Homebrew Miniatures Game. Yeah. Followed by Stop Thief, Hero Quest, and Carrier Strike. Yeah. Yeah. Carrier so, Strike was your last one. Some good ones. So, so here we what, go, Tim. What All is right. next? The sinking of the Titanic game. <laughs> what? Is that the that, full name of the that game? That is the full game of the, the game. The sinking of the Titanic game. The sinking game. of the Titanic game. <laughs> this is not the crappy 1998 reboot Titanic game. This okay. is the 1976 ideal sinking of the Titanic game. So the, this game, just remember now, this game just appeared in Tim's basement out of nowhere. As soon as he mentioned <laughs> yeah, it. Unfortunately, I think this one's lost. It popped out of the vortex. Got this one again for Christmas, birthday, something, I don't know, one my dad brought home once again. You're basically trying to rescue people off the Titanic as it sinks. I don't remember all the mechanisms, but it's, uh, you know, the Titanic on a board, and when you roll dice or something, it 
tilts and sinks and starts to go behind the top board where it's just the ocean. So you got to go get people from their staterooms and get them down to the ships for safety. So there's people that are in the front of the ship that are going down first. So if you get them, they're worth more points than someone in the back of the ship. How many got points are the musicians worth? Because I want to save them. Those I have guys, no idea. Those guys make me sad. <laughs> I have no idea. They just kept playing when the ship but was then, going on. That yeah, was really you, sad. You, you have to collect food and water on the way to keep the people. So when you got off the ship, you could survive. So, and I remember, you know, if you roll doubles, you could actually bump through a wall. Because at some point, the boat would sink enough that the passageways would get blocked off and there was no way to get out. So the only way to get out was like to roll double so you could jump through a wall. Otherwise, you yeah. drowned on the ship. So it was kind of like a race to save people and not drown and get to your lifeboat and get out to the safety of an Is that island. evil cop in the game? The, no, I don't think so. No, this, this is like pre-DiCaprio Titanic. This is 1976. So wait, what does I don't even know DiCaprio existed in what? 1976. He probably did. No way. Yeah. There's no chance. So what did uh, rolling doubles signify it was happening? Like... You, 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 you just axe through the wall, then? Yeah, you can like just yeah, yeah, you can just get through the wall. <laughs> just jump through the wall. You get like the so. nightcrawler ability. Yeah. So <laughs> and yeah, so you could drown. And also the lifeboats, you know, they were on the boat. So eventually, if you didn't get to them quick enough, they would start hitting the ocean too and start floating away. So you you had to rescue as many people as you could, get on your lifeboat, get enough things to have your people survive, and then eventually get yourself off the boat and have the most points at the end of the game. Does Theoden lock himself in a room and drown? Yeah, no, this, see, once again, this is pre-Titanic, so. <laughs> it's only Titanic. Not even a guy. There was actually a guy that was in the front of the boat, and his character actually looked like the brother of one of my best friends when we were growing up. Ah. So we always used to call it, that was Randy. He had to go get Randy. Problem is, Randy was in the very front of the boat, so he was the first one that was going to drown usually, so you always had to try to get out there as quick as possible. Save but Randy. Most of the time, it Randy. was, uh, most of the time, if you try to do it, you needed to get doubles to get out of there. So a lot of people drowned trying to save him. So I have to start looking. I'm going to have to start scouring like the, the Goodwill shelves for this game. Yeah, you can probably find it. I'm sure. Listen, Carrier Strike. Carrier Strike is a good one. You don't, sure. do you have Carrier Strike? Yes, still? I still have Carrier Strike. I've got a few pieces missing, unfortunately, but I do have that the game. popped out of the vortex. I do, I do have that one. All right. So yeah. Does Celine Dion make an appearance in the game? You could if you brought her up on Alexa, say. Then ah, she might. Tim, Hall of Fame. The sinking of the Titanic is an interesting description, but you realize the Hall of Fame is an honor. Yeah. So do you have like good memories playing? Yes, this game? we okay. played this game a ton when we were little. I mean, it came out in 1976. We yeah. were small boys, yeah. so me and my brothers played this a ton. Especially me and my younger brother, we did this game all the time, especially during the winter and stuff like that. Many, many, many plays, which is probably why it doesn't exist because we probably ended up <laughs> trashing the spinning boat at some point because it just didn't function anymore. How often did Randy die? Probably, no, more than that. It's probably more like 70-30. Poor Randy. Yeah, so every so often he got saved. And usually if you, if you could save him and a few more people, you were probably going to win. But uh, there's also a high probability you were going to drown right along with him. Uh, don't feel bad for Randy. His yeah. heart will go on. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So Chris, Chris's previous entries were Dungeons & Dragons, Risk, Battlestar Galactica, and One Night Ultimate Werewolf. So what yes. do we got this time? So the new, the latest entry might surprise you guys a little bit. Okay. Codename Pictures. Oh. Oh, really? I don't think we're ever going to play this game again. You might be right about that. I know. it's, But it's a bold prediction because this game's relatively oh. new. Yeah. Oh. But there's been so many games that are similarly genre that are better. Codename Pictures is actually a good game. I didn't like the original codenames, but I do like Codename Pictures. I think it deserves a slot in the Hall of Fame. And who knows, we could wheel it out, take it out of retirement at some point. But 
honestly, I'd be surprised if you or Nathan or any of the other guys ever bring this game to game night because there's so many new games yeah. and better games. We're always moving on to new stuff. Yeah, and crypto think, uh, yeah. obsoleted it. I could bring it out with like family or something, but I don't think we'll bring it to game night. Right. Yeah. You're right. So that's yes. official. That's in my Hall wow. of Fame. I know. Surprising. Where does this rank for you in like your history of well, games? Well, that's the thing. We never really ranked our Hall of Fame. You're just you're either in or you're out. But I mean, is, was this game pretty high up? Just in your, I home really home? enjoyed Codename Pictures because the original code names, I I couldn't stand it. <laughs> yeah. And Codename Pictures came along and had all of the positives of Codenames. But the negatives were way diminished, and I just had a lot of fun playing it. We had a lot of good games and good good memories there. It was hot; it burned hot for a while in our gaming group, and then we just stopped because other things came along. No, I agree. I think that's a good one. Yeah, you're probably right. So my previous entries were Battlestar Galactica, so that's a double entry, Munchkin, Axis and Allies, and Monopoly. Yeah, and Monopoly was controversial. <laughs> Because you constantly bash it, but then it, it went in your Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, I, I had some good memories of playing this before I discovered good games. <laughs> See? <laughs> so disrespectful to your Hall of Fame. All right, and, and we are adding... Yeah, so my entry, and this is... You'll understand why I thought there might be a crossover. Because I have a feeling you guys are going to agree with this. Uh-oh. Is Magic the Gathering. Whoa. Whoa. Just want to get gut reactions before I describe... Well, I'm... I'm my first reaction is I'm surprised that you are planning on never playing it again. Yeah. Because that's really what this means. It's been sitting on my shelf for at least two years, untouched, all of my magic cards. And I think I'm just waiting. I've just been waiting for something to come along to replace it that doesn't involve all the deck building and the money sink and all the stuff that I don't like about magic. You know, our group, the reason it's in the Hall of Fame, first of all, is we, I used to love this game. I mean, right. we would go to Gen Con just to play this. Right. I started like a group at my work and that grew to like eight to 10 people doing magic tournaments all the time. So it got played a lot and I spent a lot of money on magic. Uh, but it just like, it petered out and we, we actually converted our magic gathering night to our game night and it's been a game night ever since. But almost everyone that is there used to play Magic with us. So, yeah, I don't I don't think this game's going to get any play for me anymore. The one thing that scares me about this on your list, though, is nothing has really come along to replace it that's similar to it. Mm-hmm. In other words, I think there is a chance at some point we could play it again. Yeah. Well, a little teaser. There might be something. We're going to talk about oh, that later. Interesting. But yeah, magic. So whatever that thing is that you're referring to, is that part of the reason this is on your list? Uh, it might be. Okay. It might be. But yeah, it just, it just occurred to me that I loved this game, but I don't, it's not only that I don't think I'll play it again. I don't really even have the desire to like pass it on, like teach like my kids how to play it. I think there's probably other games that we would, that we could use instead that have less investment. I was thinking there's a chance time stories would be in your Hall of Fame. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Magic the Gathering into the Hall of Fame. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's that's a shocking one. That's more shocking than mine. All right. Well, that is our Hall of Fame. Let us know your thoughts, but it's time to move on to our Gen Con discussion. Gen Con. You're listening to the Dice Tower Network, the home of smart people, insightful board gaming commentary, and Ryan Graham. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. All right. Welcome to our table talk where we're going to talk about Gen Con. Instead of doing the best and worst, we've decided to do something a little different, something similar to what we did for SauceCon. In fact, 
We're using the same categories that we did for Sauce. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll go over the categories real quick without right. answering them. Best game played, worst game played, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, best single moment, worst moment, something you'd like to change for next time, and something you really wanted to do that weren't you weren't able to do. Yep, and then random categories that we may or may not have. Yeah, so I mean, Gen, Gen Con's a big deal. It's four days in Indianapolis, and it was nonstop gaming. We were out to like two or three. I mean, we, I didn't fall asleep until three, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, easily. Yep. And up again at seven or eight. So one interesting thing I just want to point out, because I'm not mentioning this anywhere, is I did not get a press badge this year. Yeah. Got Why denied. is that? You, you got, got denied. Why'd you get denied? I, it might be because I submitted too late. I'm not sure. They stuck me on a wait list. I think there's just a lot of people applying for those. Probably. But yeah, that was kind of a bummer. But we're still covering it because it's Gen Con. That's right. And it's amazing. Right. So let's start with our best game play. Well, you know, and we did give our table to the Dice Tower we did. crew. So, yeah. you know. We deserve something. Get some kudos for that. <laughs> Wait, what did we do? Uh, that one, the night up when we were upstairs in uh, Sugarfire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dice we were, Tower Network team we came upstairs. To and they really wanted our busy. table. They wanted our table. And Out of Game Podcast graciously donated our table right. to the Dice we Tower Network We were donating anyway. But, yeah. but it was nice of us. But we were still chatting. Yeah. So, yep. We're humanitarians. Yep. Out of Game Podcast for the humans. So the best game played. Best game played. Best I'm going to start. Ryan, start. I just want to reinforce that my best game played at Gen Con was Scythe. That does not surprise me. Yeah. It's the first time I won, so I'm sure that's a huge part of it. But I, I, I did well, though. I didn't just, like, win. I feel like I had a good score, and things were kind of clicking. <laughs> Do you feel like you betrayed Tim in that game? Oh, yeah. And Dave. Tim? And Dave. Both. No. Yes. I don't think so. Totally. <laughs> no. 100%. No, here's what happened. Tim and Dave were making deals with each other about who was going to take the spot. Without even considering the fact that it was my turn. So I waited for them to like work out their deal and then I just took the spot. <laughs> but no, but then we agreed. We had a gentleman's agreement too that you were going to move out after you got your factory card. But, but Dave never then, asked me to. Then, well, that's just it though. The, the deal was you're going to get your card and move out. Yeah, but then Dave never tried to go there. If See, he would have said I'm coming now, I would have moved. I don't believe that for a second. No, I would have. Uh, I don't know. Have I ever broken a deal when, when I actually made a deal with someone and told them I was going to do something? Yeah, I don't know. You're a little tricksy that way. You'd, you'd talk him out of it that he needed to go there. All I said was, <laughs> you should just let me go there first. You'd just be like, yeah, you know what? I got the best factory card that was left, so I'm, I'm not going to move because there's really no other good factory ones. So you really don't good. need they to weren't. go there. Yeah, the factory cards but weren't the three that points good. Were good. But, the, but the nine points you scored at the end of the game for having that. I figured out, though, that I, even if I didn't have that, I would have still won. Yeah, the, the one thing we should I point out to the listeners. That an 18-point swing. No, it wasn't nine points for that. Yeah, it was. Three tiles? Three tiles. It's worth three, and you got three per tile. So that was worth nine points. Okay. So that'd the, be an the one, It would have been swing. a swing with Dave, not you. You were the one that was close to me, not Dave. But I, no, because Dave was going to go next, and then I was going to go after him. And it just, it just kind of got... No, oh, I see. It got clogged up like a toilet. Uh, so the thing we should point out to <laughs> listeners about Ryan, Ryan has the silver tongue ability. In the middle of a game... He could make you think that white is black and black is white. And, yeah. and you'll sit there and go, oh, I didn't, I didn't consider it like that. Yeah. It's a complete Jedi trick. Mm-hmm. Well, I convinced him to not fight me. That was, I think that was one of the keys to me winning. Uh, it wouldn't matter. Even if I made you burn seven, because that's the most you can spend anyways, you still would have had plenty for the No, I would have had to burn seven and two of my cards. That was the key. Oh. I needed the two. The reason I did that is because I needed the two mm. cards because all of my, I had a bunch of cards and they're all low. Oh, okay. So I needed my cards to add up to five and I would have had to burn my two cards to add up to five, 
which wouldn't have allowed me to guarantee a win against Chris. Uh, so it was like a chain effect. So, but I knew you were going for the power thing, and that was why you would be willing to not spend power on the fight. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but that helped me. I, I would have delayed, I guess, the ending. I don't know. I think Chris might have ended the game. Actually, these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> but anyway, side is a, it's still a great game, and I think it was the most fun I had at Gen Con playing a game. Yeah, you know, I've I have a feeling that might be a traditional Sunday game for us because the one thing I like about playing that on Sunday, not a lot of rules to learn. We just need a little refresher. It's not like a, playing a brand new game, and you know, we just want to kind of relax and play a game and then leave. Mm-hmm. And well, and I next time. Dave draws blue randomly. He gets to redraw. Yeah, that, that was. I don't think he's ever played a different color. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was a rough draw for him. Okay, so best game played. Good, holding true. Tim, best game. Um, I had a tough one with this. I, I actually had two. I have a prediction. Oh yeah, what's the prediction? I don't know the name, but it's that one game with the tree at the upper level. That is one of them. Everdell. Right. Everdell. That's my prediction. And then uh, Paper Tales. But I'm uh, I'm I'm picking Everdell for the win. Oh, yeah, I didn't play this game, but I heard you talking about. Yeah, it. this this was fun. This was the first play. So uh, was Dave, Nathan, Nick, and me played it. Um, it was very interesting because you're kind of you're building your tableau village, and then you've got workers that you're going out to get your resources to buy other things, and then there was goals to meet. So there's a lot of interesting elements to it, and it, it kind of developed. You know. It was, uh, some people really like the fact that, you know, you know, I was a squirrel and, you know, Dave was a bunny rabbit and Nick was a hedgehog. I'm like, yeah, they thought it was kind of cutesy. So it was fun. It was a good time. The tree itself is just eye candy. It, you, <laughs> you could just take that apart, burn it, and you still would be able to play the game. It's, just, it's really there to hold the goals and your guys that you're gaining as you go through the seasons. That's a lot of theme. But. It's, it's an eye catcher, yeah. and when people walk by and see it, it's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened to me. I was at the other table, and I kept wondering, what is that tree all about? Yeah. I've been fascinated by yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bookshelf. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. But the game was great, so uh, I definitely really want to play this game again. Yeah, good. It was longer than I thought. It was, it was yeah, it was definitely a lot longer. You long go, go through the seasons. Um, each season gets longer. Like the first one, you only have two workers. So it's over really quickly. But then as you move through the, the four seasons, you get more workers. You know, because like in turn one, you put your two workers down, you're done. You really don't have enough resources to buy stuff. But as you start getting your tableau built and you get combos going, you all of a sudden, you only have four, three workers or four workers, but you're taking more actions without burning a worker. Okay. So it extends the turn time quite a bit. You do all of your actions on your own turn and then it passes? You take one action. Okay. So and then it passes the next person. So, it, yeah. So it keeps moving around, and that's at some good. point you won't be able to do anything. So then you, you you're done for your season, okay. and the other players could you know they could go for a few more rounds because they they're getting their tableau working and getting combos going. So there is maybe a little bit sometimes, but the rounds definitely got a lot longer towards the latter part of the game. But it's still it was great. It was a great game. Finally, Chris with the my best gameplay. This probably won't surprise anybody. Witch hunt. Which uh, oh, actually one, does surprise really me. yeah the the one game specifically that it was James Peter you and me Ryan and and myself were witches yeah. in that game and we ended up winning but it was it was a crazy game it was so much fun and because witch hunt has has replaced werewolf it's obsoleted it you can still participate in the game after you're dead so I'm still meddling. Yeah. From the afterlife after and helping you guys out. I just had so much fun that game. It was it was one of my favorite 
ever witch hunt game. Which is interesting because Chris was voted out very early. Not voted, but he was killed in the night very early. No, I was DOB. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were killed yeah. during the day. Yeah, oh, yeah. because uh, so I was I was a witch judge, which is my dream role. Yeah. I love being a witch judge. We can explain the judge. So the judge, if you don't vote during the day to kill someone, you close your eyes and the judge gets to just kill someone. Optionally. Optionally. And a lot of times they don't. But if if you're a witch judge, it's sort of foolish not to. So you want to start picking off the villagers. Right. And I love the power. So I was just started doing it, but the what's what's apprentice apprentice knew who I was because I they revealed me to her and she was a villager and she kind of called me out. Yeah, and she tricked you. She she tricked me, and we had to talk about this when we were in the afterlife. And it was it was a great move by her. And then so I judged her during the night (laughs) and got rid of her. And then all the people around her knew that I was bad at that point. So I started picking them all off. Not only as a judge, but as witches, I was trying to get you guys on board with that, and we did. And then one of them was the DOB. Am I allowed to say what that is? No. Okay. The DOB, when they when you when they die, they can kill somebody, like as their last action. Yeah. And they they took me out, but it was worth it. I picked off three ish, three or four of them, and they got me. But I took out a whole wing of villagers and sort of freed you guys yeah. up to do the rest, and then watched you guys do the magic. It was fun. It was a good. That's a kind of co-op game that I really enjoy. So it's a testament to this game that Chris was killed fairly early in the game, and it's still his favorite game he played. Yeah. This is like the most underrated game of all time, I feel I like. I think it is, too. It's crazy. It's the most unknown game yeah. that is good. Right. Yeah. And I, I think maybe the one downfall of the game is how hard it is to moderate. Yeah. That's that's why. That's yeah. the thing that's yeah, the setup. blocking the, it. The setup is really a big part of it is yeah. setting the, the deck up and the you know the folders up and stuff it's like that. It's too bad because it really is. It is a better game yeah, than it's, Werewolf. It, 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 it's such a fun game. And when it's moderated properly, it's... It's hard to beat. Yeah. yeah. If you're, I mean, if you're coming to Gen Con, you you should try. If you're a werewolf player, you should come down. It's in the same area as a werewolf. Just come down to where they're doing witch hunt and give it a try. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really it's, good. You, you won't go back. Yep. So that's my favorite. Worst game played. Yep. Ooh, the worst Ryan. game. You guys weren't even here for this game. This was on Wednesday night. So this is a game I bought beforehand that was kind of releasing at Gen Con, or I don't know, I don't know when wider release is happening, but. The game is called Rising Five Runes of Astros. That's a heck of a name. Yeah. Now the game, I'm not. I'm actually not saying this is a bad game, but of all the games I played, I didn't. I was looking at my list of played games, and it was not a long list. We didn't play a lot of games. I know, noticed that too this year. And most of the games I played were like one hour abstract games, with the exception of Scythe and, and Rising Sun. I, we played Dragon Castle, Reef, Gizmos. We were just playing a lot of these shorter. It was, it was oddly, the game count was oddly low. I noticed that too. Yeah. So, so anyways, so I'm putting this game on here, but I'm actually keeping this game. But my, my issue with it was really about some things with the production. So this is a cooperative game that uses an app. And the way the app works, um, if you've ever played the, the game Mastermind, mm. have you guys ever yes. played Mastermind? Okay. You're like the first person I've asked that, that actually has said yes. Yeah. You know, Mastermind was a lot like that game. Where we were in the caves and you were, we were co-op against you. Can't remember oh, that game. That, yes. that puzzle reminded me of Mastermind. Um, layers. Layers, yeah. Yeah, so this is like cooperative Mastermind. Okay. And and I don't really want to go into the details because it's too hard to explain. But but just imagine there's like these four symbols on the board. They're like chits. And the app knows like where, so there's seven symbols total, seven chits. 
four of them are on the board and there's three of them on the side and the app knows the which four chips are supposed to be on the board and what position they're supposed to be in and you're trying to deduce that through like the rules of the game and the way you the way the app knows like what the current position is is you take a picture of it and the app is supposed to recognize it and then because and then based on what it recognizes it's giving you clues that you need to that you need to use to deduce the right position the problem is the app wasn't working correctly and we didn't realize it so for like a half hour we would take a picture and be like this doesn't make sense and we had like there's like one or two rules that we weren't clear on and because the app was broken and this is the android app i think this is only with the android app it was making it more confusing, of course. <laughs> right? Because we're like, the logic isn't making sense, and we can't figure out what this one symbol is supposed to mean. And then later we figured out, oh, the app is actually recognizing the chits wrong. Now, the good news is, instead of taking a picture, they had an option of manually dragging the chits in the right position. So we were able to do that and like finish the game. But that was the first issue was the app. The second issue was there is one symbol that was drawn a certain way in the book, and it appeared differently in the app. And it looked like another symbol. So because of that, we didn't understand what the symbol meant in the app, also messing up our deduction. And it was making it harder for us. And this brings me to the third issue I had, and really the final issue is we still beat the game. We had this issue with the pictures not taking correctly and the symbol being wrong, all making it harder for us. And we still beat the game. So we're worried that it's too easy. And then I was looking it up online and people were like, is this game too easy or is it just us? And then I even read, unfortunately, I read like this one person figured out this broken strategy that would completely break the game, but it's completely within the rules of the game. So I'm a little bummed like yeah. about about all that. So I'm keeping the game. I'm going to give it another shot, but probably the worst game I played at yeah. Gen Con. Interesting. Rising That's 5. a good story. Yeah. Tim, worst game. So mine would be Forbidden Sky. Uh-huh. Um, it, was a, it was a co-op game. You're trying to, it's part of the Forbidden series or whatever. So you're, you're, you're in a cloud base and you're trying to escape into a rocket ship and get out into space. So we played hardest level elite. And it's just kind of, you know, random stuff. You know, okay, there's wind blowing. You can fall off the structure. You know, there's electric. You get electrocuted and stuff. Not that exciting. And, you know, we're building things, bringing out tiles. We actually mistakenly finished. We actually didn't complete the connection, but the game thought we did by the way we had built things. You're actually building a circuit. You're trying to build a circuit. And we built the circuit unknowingly we had completed the circuit without knowing we completed the circuit so we actually ended up blasting off and leaving poor nathan behind (laughs) nathan's turn was supposed to be to go close the last circuit that we thought would close the circuit even though the other one closed the circuit (laughs) yeah so but you know we played elite level and we still would have beat the game easily had we not completed the circuit accidentally right incorrectly the that one time so i you know it's okay it'd be one of those hey we've got 20 minutes to kill before we were waiting for you guys to finish something. I'd probably do it, but... How long the game was it? It wasn't that long, was it? I can't even remember. It took us an hour. Yeah. But that was with learning the rules and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just... It's like random chance. It's just like random stuff happens to you game. And yeah. it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of strategy or anything into it. So... Yeah, I missed that one. I missed that game. I think co-op games need to be hard. I agree. I think so, too. That's what I'm I'm okay with out. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris. Worst game played is Rising Sun. I had a feeling this was yeah. going to happen. So this was this is one of the reasons that our game count was so low. This game lasted seven, I mean, hours. seven, seven hours. hours. Now the other times that this game was played, I don't think it went this. No, long. I don't know what the heck. It was it was, it was so crazy. Uh, we were playing in the middle of the Marriott, 
on the uh, the the high table, and we had the waitresses coming by bringing us food and drinks. So maybe that was part of it. But also, the game wasn't very fun. I mean, there was a lot of arguing during the game. Yeah, there was uh, just random bickering among allies and. <laughs> Then at the very end, the, my biggest problem with this game is there seems to be only one way to win. And that's involves like combos with the cards and the suicides. Yeah, I think if you I think I would modify that statement to say if you know this particular way of winning, it seems like you might always win. Right. Well, it's not just that you always win. I like when there's more than one way to win. I, I would like to be able to win by country count, for example. But as Tim pointed out, we were metagaming a little bit about this. It's not even close. Like the amount of territories you control they make it seem like that is the draw that's what you want to do to win the game that's sort of your drive yeah but there's the other the other ways to get points blow that away true and so it's like a little bit of a red herring and i don't like that i like games where you can win multiple ways i think we've proven that this game has a flaw there and it wasn't just that it was the way the game was played it was very long we were bickering and it was ironic we Saw the designer the next day. Yes. Yeah. Sitting right by where we played. But yeah, so that's going down as my worst game of Gen Con, and I think I'm probably done with that game. That's unfortunate, because I still like this game a lot. The games that we've played, I agree that that has been the winning condition, but other games I've played, it hasn't. That's what's so weird about it. But I think it's because our group has been exposed to that. Where someone's always going to do it. But like, there's a guy who won in a game I played. He won with just the cards. I don't even think he had a lot of territories. He won with like other card combinations that he had. Would he have won with that strategy in our game? He, I think he had like over a hundred points, so I'm not sure. It's close. Yeah. So I mean, I've seen other ways of winning, but because when that combo works, I mean, that one game of Ross won, he was way out in front. Tim lapped us. On but the why board. are we not stopping it though? Can't, don't we have the ability to stop the person from doing? Well, the thing is, but my problem with it isn't all about stopping them. You should have an alternate way to win. I, I want to like do something else. Let him do that strategy. I'm going to do a different strategy. It shouldn't be all about oh, whoever does that gets to win. And then if you stop him, then whoever's the next best wins. So you're saying there so, should be other ways to get that many points. Right. The problem is, you, yeah, you, you can stop that, but then you're investing all your strategy into stopping that strategy. Right. And then you're not focusing on winning the battle either. So... Right, and you would need Once everybody. Again, you, to you've do got it. you've got to spread the coins out during the battle, and so if if you want to stop that, and that's all you focus on, then you're not going to win the other parts, which are maybe more key to your strategy, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to win the fight. Yeah, right, and it doesn't make it really possible to be cutthroat because of the way the battling works and the way the bidding is, because you can't like go after somebody because the battles are individual. I don't know. I just say there's there's so many other games that are out there that I would try and like games we already play that I think are better than that game. I know. I think you kickstarted that game. Yeah. So maybe maybe if you didn't, you would probably agree. But I don't know. I mean, I've had fun every time I've played it. It, That hasn't bothered. Did you have fun that day? I didn't like the bickering, but that had nothing to do with the game. <laughs> but the fact it was so long and stuff, too. No, yeah. I was I was invested the whole time. I like I never felt bored or like there was too much downtime. Mm. Like I was very invested in what was happening. I just didn't the bickering and stuff I didn't like. Right. But other than that, I mean, I really enjoyed that. I was I felt it was a day well spent. Yeah, I, I can't really deny that. Like I wasn't checked out when yeah. we were playing and I when we weren't bickering and stuff, I was having fun. My biggest beef is the way it ends, though. Yeah, you're you're you made an interesting comment. You said that it's like that game is fun until the very end. Yeah, because yeah. it is fun during like during yeah. the process. It it was very. I fun. feel like what I'm doing matters, and then all of a sudden at the end it doesn't. Yeah. It's a lot like 
while you were sleeping mm-hmm. or while you were dreaming, whatever that game when is. I dream. Yeah. What you do during the game is fun, but the winner makes no sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in that game. Well, and you know, this there too, because uh, I won that one by doing the method that you don't yeah. like. And it, you know, when it came down to it, I could win this territory and it would have given me my fifth territory and 10 more victory points, or I can use my righteousness, kill my six guys and end up with 12 points. Right. So, why win the battle? Right. I think you, you were the only one with no points because you had two of those cards that give you an extra point. And no, I didn't have not this not this game. I didn't. Oh. I only had one. So I scored. I had one righteousness card, which scored me. You doubled up on a, an end game card. I and a winter. Yes, card. I. Okay. That was on the the number of uh, temples you built. Right. You so I doubled up on those, that. and I had built all four temples. So yeah, that scored me. I think you would have won that. You would have won that game even without doing that. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, yeah, because I scored like ninety three points, and does I think that, the closest. Does that make it any better? No, I mean he lapped us. Yeah, but, it wasn't even close. But he would have almost left us even without doing that move at the end. Like, that's how well Tim did. How many points did you get for that winter card? It was like, like 24. Yeah. yeah. He had almost like 30 points. Yeah, but one. think about, like, what could we have done to compete with that? Well, I'm just saying that it's there was another way to win. Like, that, that thing he did at the end was like the icing on the cake. He already had us beat. 24 points with that card, though? Two cards. With two cards? I mean, I, I spent the whole game trying to get five territories. Right. And that netted me how many points? Twenty. 20. Plus yeah. the points on the territories See, themselves. I, I think I think that's where we're going wrong on the game. Due to the fact that you're battling, we're focusing on territory occupation and winning those chits. But when you look overall, it's not that many points. Yeah. To to get your fifth one to get the twenty points is a lot of pain, and it's for a ten point difference. If you just harvested on the green territory for four. Twice, that's eight. Yeah. You know, you'd be better off controlling green and harvesting all the time. And you you do almost as good as trying to get territories. Yeah, maybe we're just inexperienced going, I think, going I for think the territories. We're, we're focusing much. way too much on the battle. Well, you know, the problem is, the whole point is that at the end of the season, you battle. So it's like it, your, your mindset is, oh, I need to, this yeah. is what I need to do to win the game. And I think it's it's far from that. But maybe you bat maybe you would battle over those territories for different reasons. Right. Like you would battle over that one with four points, so you could harvest, harvest the on that one and score. So I remember that was Aras's first game; is he had that one, yeah. and you guys kept harvesting. Right. So he probably earned twenty points off of harvesting off of that space. Yeah. I don't know. I still like this game. <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> you, I think you're gonna have a hard time getting Dave or Chris to play that one. Well, what about you? I'm. I want to see if there's other things to do other than... Yeah. It would be interesting to try playing again, not focusing on the territories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That, that's my pick. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll continue. Okay. The next category is biggest surprise for Ryan. All right. So I alluded to this earlier of the game that may pot- potentially replace Magic. Mm. Oh. And Tim, you actually know about this. You're maybe just forgetting. But the game is called Keyforge. So Richard Garfield designed a new game. It was just announced at Gen Con. And this is my biggest surprise because of the way this game works. So it's called Keyforge. And the listeners probably know about this already because it was like this huge buzz about Gen Con. The idea of Keyforge is Fantasy Flight Games has created a, a new game type. They're calling a unique deck game. And they're actually just calling it a unique game. But basically the idea of this is... It's not a collectible card game, and it's not a living card game. So to describe the difference between those, collectible card game is you buy sets of random boosters, 
or whatever. That's how you that's how you get your cards. That's a collectible game. Fantasy Flight had the living card game with like Android Netrunner and some other other games where they release sets every I don't know, every two or three months, but you get every card in the set. You just buy the box. and So everyone has the same card. Kind of like Munchkin. You yeah. get a Munchkin set and it's yeah, all the Yeah, because it is kind of like Munchkin. Yeah. But everyone has the same cards. Well, this is, it's called a unique deck game. And this is the thing that was like blowing my mind about this. Every single deck that they sell for this game is unique. It has a unique name on the back of the cards and a unique card back. There are not two decks that are the same in the world. So they have like a pool of... I think it's like two to 300 cards, but they have some algorithm that's generating these decks with the, with the names and it's somehow making them balanced and they're able to print them like this. So it's like a manufacturing breakthrough. And so you just literally go buy a deck. You cannot deck build. You just buy your deck and you use it. And the decks are like $10 a piece. That's very interesting. Yeah. Sounds like magic with handcuffs. See, to me, it's like this is like a game that they're they're trying to eliminate some problems. I think one of the problems <laughs> they're eliminating is the metagame. With releasing decks like this, there's it eliminates the metagame of everyone showing up to a tournament with like the same deck. Yeah. Right? Like the whole net decking thing is like gone. It eliminates for people like me who are on, who don't like deck building, you don't have to deck build anymore. But for them, there's still a reason for people to go out and keep buying decks because that's the only way to expand your your experience playing the game is buying different decks and seeing how they work. So the whole idea is just you have to figure out the combinations in your particular deck. And and I watched an a interview with Richard Garfield where he said, and it's not even like there's a like a set amount of rares and commons and uncommons in the deck. You could get a deck with all rares. Or you could get a deck with all commons. But there's overlapping cards, yeah. potentially. There's overlapping cards. But but they won't all, like, every deck is unique. Every deck is unique. But it could be just maybe two cards are unique. True. Yeah, you could have the exact same deck as somebody else other than two cards which are, which are different than the other guy. Has. But it's, I think it's the still fascinating that is really me. low. Because yeah. they have to produce enough decks for everyone to buy one or two, and they're all different. How many yeah. cards are right. in a deck? It's like two to three. Oh, I think in the deck... I don't know, actually, but one thing I did here was that you can siphon through your deck and you reshuffle it. So it's not like magic where it ends when, you're, when your deck runs out. So if you're trying to get to a certain card, there's a way to just like cycle through your deck and get to the card you need. So it sounds very interesting. When is this coming out? It's coming out in October. It's supposed to be released, but I, I don't know if they were selling anything at Gen Con. I, I saw some people with decks, but they might have just been reviewers. Hmm. So this is like the big fantasy flight. They always announce some big surprise like on the day of Gen Con or like right before. And this was like one of the things they announced was this unique deck game thing. Mm. Sounds kind of interesting. It does. Because I was like picturing how we used to do um, sealed deck, like at Tim's house. Like we could all one night, just everyone just buy a deck. It's $10. And then we just play for the night. And then but what's better about that than a sealed deck is your deck isn't useless afterwards. That's a deck that you have forever to play. Unless the game. it's bad. I mean, you could get one that just you just yeah, don't like. Yeah, there it. could be like a duck. and you can't really trade cards, but you could trade ducks. You could trade ducks, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's I find it fascinating. Like at first when I heard about it, I kind of thought like it, it almost felt like an April Fool's joke. Yeah, it's a thirty-seven card deck. Okay, that's good that it's low because that. How could you play this game? It's odd number. Oh, and it's a prime number. But three and yeah. seven add up to ten. <laughs> Is that, is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. Ten's a multiple of five, and it's an even number. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had that answer prepared. Oh, OCD. Interesting. Yeah. No, that that's my gears are turning a little bit on that. That's uh, 
very interesting idea, and I sort of trust Richard Garfield, although I have something in my brain that he made a bad game or two. Robo Rally. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. But King of New York? very creative. I know. I, to me, it takes away the deck building of Magic, which I I know. I love, love it, too. I did, too. Love. I remember sitting down in my family room just spreading yeah. cards all over the floor. And picking out cards and building things. But would you do that today? Would you be? Would you have the time to do that today? Sealed deck. If, if I was really into it, I mean, if we were playing, yes, I would. I would. I would. I would too. And sealed deck is is fun, and so is booster draft. Yeah. Still, I would still do those. Yeah. I love deck building. Yeah. yeah. But this is intriguing to me because I like the idea of unique decks. Yeah. And I don't even like ordering the same food as somebody else right. in the restaurant. <laughs> That's true. I, didn't even think I, I like having something just different. And I think that a fun challenge, too, would be to swap decks and try to beat somebody with their own deck Yeah. if they don't think it's good. Yeah, I mean, it takes out the the skill. Like, to me, I feel like it, it levels the playing field for someone like me. It takes out the skill of deck building, and it, and it really focuses on the skill of playing the deck. Right. Plus, the more you play, the better you'll get at your own deck. Right. Well, it looks like their estimated release is October through December of this year, so you can get your first deck maybe before Christmas. Yeah, well, actually, so me and um, Jason and Clifford for BGGCon, if we're, we've already decided, like, if it gets released before BGGCon, we're all going to buy decks and bring them there and just play each other. Yeah. So. Yeah, stay tuned. I want to hear more about this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see how – it really comes down to how good the game is. So, wait, you have this as your biggest surprise. Yeah. But you didn't play the game. No, it's just the announce like the I, this idea to me is oh. the biggest surprise. It was a very it, like to me. There's a chance this could turn into like the next trend. So yeah. you know, like every few years, like something new happens that changes the industry a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if this takes off, like they've already announced another game that is a unique game, but it's not. It's not like a, a card game. It's an actual. <laughs> I can't remember the name. It was just announced like today, the day we're recording this. It's actually a board game, but every everyone's copy of the game is different. You're buying a $60 board game, but your game will be different than like your friend's version of the game. And it has like scenarios in it that you're going through. It's a cooperative game. So I think it's like a new thing. Fantasy flight. Is interesting. Doing. I like interesting. it. I like unique. Yeah. Hey, well, there's a two player game mat, so I'm sure oh. you're in for that too. Oh, I'm totally by that. Yeah. So it's probably in. 30 bucks too, right? 23.99. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're below the uh, level <laughs> there. So you're all in. So key forge, biggest surprise. Keyforge. All right, Tim. Biggest surprise. Mine's not even a game. That's fine. Neither was Ryan. Well, Ryan's was, but Sugarfire. Oh. <laughs> ah, Sugarfire, so the restaurant, the new, the new barbecue place in downtown Indianapolis, just opened back in April. So we ended up eating dinner all three nights there. <laughs> Dave, Dave was like addicted to this stuff. So he, we, dinner came up. Where are we going? Sugarfire. Sugarfire. Yeah. Love that soda. Talk Love that soda. It worked today, and he said he misses it. Yeah, so withdrawal. there was uh, their own sodas, which were really good, their own barbecue. I mean, the barbecue was good. It wasn't, like, the best I've ever had, but it was still very good. So, yeah. As far as, like, the Midwest goes, I think yeah. it's pretty high. No, this was, this was a good place. This is a good call it, because – Crazy dinner that Yeah, I mean, that was we, all three. We ate dinner nowhere else. But we, we often look for a place to eat when we're at Gen Con that – merges the two things we need which is a little bit of a getaway a little bit relaxing but not super long yeah. like we don't want to be there for hours because we want to get back to gaming this place was close easily within walking distance 
pretty quick. You know, no tips. There's no, no tips. right. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it is no not. Waiter. It's counter service. No waiter. It's, it's counter service. Yeah. Yeah, and then the food was very good quality. Yes. Yeah, and for all you people who go to Gen Con, it really sucked. Yeah. It, it, it's, you <laughs> yeah. shouldn't go there. I think the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, you shouldn't go yeah, there. It was, it was pretty crowded by the last day. The it, Dice Tower discovered this place, too. I saw them yeah, tweeting about it. True. I'm well, yeah. Trouble. <laughs> we gave up our seat yeah. for them. Yeah. So, okay, cat's out of the bag. It was good. Yeah. And it was funny because the first night we were there, it wasn't crowded, and it got progressively worse every night we yeah. were there. Until yeah. the last night, we couldn't even get a table. Yeah, we were standing, standing there for like 20 minutes before we could get a table. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that... It would be ironic if it didn't last throughout the year, like if it just didn't make it financially. Yeah. And it, it relies on conventions, you know, because I don't know how much traffic there is there. Well, well, people. there's there's quite a few conventions. I mean, that's yeah. always busy with conventions. Dave it's will just, be there for the gym. He'll be looking forward to the gymnastic conventions now. Yeah, right. That's, that's really we'll go to Sugar Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar Fire. Sugar Fire Barbecue. Good call, Tim. Yeah, good call. All right. My biggest surprise is actually a game that I played. <laughs> I'm like a conceptual game that's not out yet called Root. All right. Root. I thought this was going to be your best game. No, this is the biggest surprise. I okay. Because when the game was originally sort of described by James, he was sort of saying what the game was going to be and, you know, the different animals and everything. I was thinking that it, maybe this is more like like a kid's game. He was talking about playing with his kids right. and stuff. You know, there's like squirrels and, and mice like running around. This is the game Tim was talking about. Yeah, except yeah. this yeah. game. Yeah. The, here's the difference, though. So we sat down and played this game, and it was much more complex than originally you'd think. So the way that the play, I've never played a game where every player's sure. role was goal. so different. It's not uh, just yeah. like having a different goal. Your turn, your objectives, the way you get points, 100% different. From right. each other. It's very siloed in that way, which I don't like. I typically don't like games that are siloed because you're not interacting. And everybody's sort of, it's like the role for the galaxy problem where you're just sort of focused on yourself and you have no idea what anybody else is doing. Might as well play solitaire. But this game, there was a board where you do interact with each other, but you just, you do, you have different powers and different abilities and different things that you do. And I only played one time. It was my first time playing. The guys I played with all played before. So I was a little bit. And uh, what were you? Newbie. I was a raccoon. You were a raccoon. The raccoon. Rocket. Yeah. They're a troublemaker. I, which I love. I love this role. When James described all the roles, I knew right away this was the one I wanted. I had a lot of fun as a raccoon. I didn't win. And we had problems with not being cutthroat enough because one of the guys was running away with it. And we didn't do a good job banding together. But the mechanic of this game fascinated me and stuck with me all day. And even into the next day, I kept thinking about this game. Because it was so different. I don't know. Maybe there are other games like this. I haven't played any. I don't think so. I think this, this is a different. kind of a new... Th- this company releases games like this. Nathan has another game by this company called Vast. And it's it's like... Um, it's very similar. Everyone has a, very, has a unique ability. It's not just the different abilities, though. It's everything is different. Your, your turn order is different. Everybody has a completely different turn order. Yeah. Everybody has a completely different way to get points. Right. I was getting points by giving people cards and okay. making, getting ally points. Nobody else could do that. I think I would like, like, the Vagabond sounded like the role I would want to play too. Yeah. Because James explained it to me, like, that's the role for someone who, they, their goal, tell me if this is right or wrong, but you said it's like you have to take advantage of the current board state. That's how you, like, make your points. No, I don't agree with that. Okay. Because there really wasn't anything about the current board that affected me. In fact, the current board state means less to the raccoon than anybody else. I'm going around causing trouble. I'm getting my items from ruins and things that are kind of hidden. And then I'm giving cards away to people that have no idea. Like, I don't even care 
where they are on the board. Yeah. But I can give them cards for points, and then if they get high enough, they become my ally. Then I can take them with me against their will to help me fight somebody else, and they take the damage. Um, it, it's chaotic. One but, thing that I really liked about the way he described this is since James knew all the rules, he could like tell you like what each one kind of did mm-hmm. and be like, so if people had completely different styles of play that they enjoyed, everyone could kind of do one that fit their, their play style. Yeah. I yeah, like he, that. He was a flock of birds and it was fascinating to watch him fly around and almost he didn't even care if he was attacked and his birds died because he would just bring more out on okay. his next turn. And it, I don't know. Everybody was so different in this game. I've got to play this game again. It's it, it's really fascinating. And to me, biggest surprise, because I wasn't expecting it. I don't really like the name. Oh, I, I, don't, I actually really like the name. I don't. It's, it doesn't really describe what the game is about, what the game is like. True. And it, it's way too simple for something much more elegant. Well, did you read the... There's a, there's a longer name that we're not saying. It's called Root, a woodland game of might and right. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the the one game I wish I would have had a chance to play at Gen Con. And I'm glad James has a copy. I hope that he like comes to game night and brings it because I want to play it. And I was actually, I actually had it in my head that this game was going to be long. And you guys finished in like two hours or less, I felt like. You finished it way faster yeah. than I expected. Yeah, the, it, it, last, it didn't last long. With teaching. Yeah, like you well, guys, a little bit of teaching because the other guys I'd all played already. Right. So we sat down and we played, I think we played two games of Paper Tales. Mm-hmm. And did we play anything else? Like, I feel like we finished our two Paper Tales games and yeah, we're I think, done. I think that's it. I think we played two Paper Tales. Yeah. So that's, I mean. Yeah, it wasn't long. Yeah. But it would be so much fun to play that game. I yeah, think. I want to I want to try it. I, th- if I like that game, I'm probably going to buy it because it, it meets all of my other criteria. Like, it's a really nice production. And I like the theme. The artwork is is really nice. So I don't think there's anybody in our group that wouldn't like this game because it's it's very well rounded. Ahmad, how come it's pretty confrontational? Um, right? Yeah, that's true. But I wonder if there's a role in there that's not. Yeah, that he could just well, like, maybe he could be the birds. If the birds don't, the birds care. are a little confrontational. So they attack others, but they don't care if they get attacked. Right. Okay. The, the birds have programmed movement that they have to follow, which is random. But it, it stays consistent and builds on itself. Okay. And they have to do those steps. And sometimes that means attacking somebody, but it's nothing personal. In fact, you could see in the bird's order that they have to do it. And so you don't really feel like okay. they're coming after you. Right. Like you cosmic know. encounter. Yeah. And I, and I like that dynamic because it, it doesn't create issues between friends or whatever. I mean, I, he attacked me. It was no big deal. No. He attacked some. It's just it was part of his program movement. Um, but that's only the birds are like that. So that seems like it would be good for Ahmad then, because yeah. he wouldn't feel bad about attacking people. Yeah, I think he, he would no like choice. he would like that role. Yeah. All right. So, good game, biggest surprise. Yeah, that was another game that was pretty hot at Gen Con. I saw a lot, I saw it being played like everywhere, everywhere. If there was like an area of people really? playing, I constantly saw people playing it or people carrying it around. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of people wearing t-shirts too. Yeah, of root. I kind of when wish did this I game come a t-shirt. out? It was it came out at Gen Con. So it was a Kickstarter, but then the wide release or the release kind of started at Gen Con. I don't know if it was a pre-release or what, but they had copies there. So yeah, very, very, very good game. Very cool. All right. We need to move along. Biggest disappointment, Ryan. Biggest disappointment. So Tim, this is why I didn't talk about this earlier when you were talking. Uh, Mine was Forbidden Sky. 
<laughs> and so Forbidden Sky was one of my most anticipated games because I like the other games in this series. Okay. And I didn't I didn't mention this on purpose when Tim was talking about it, but Chris, this is the designer of Pandemic. Same designer. Uh, Matt Leacock. So that's two in Your a row. Your favorite designer. So that's two bad games in a row. For you, yeah, for you. In your in your opinion. But it was I wouldn't say this game was bad, but like Tim said, it was we played on elite mode and we basically won. Like the only reason we we didn't win was because we didn't realize the circuit was completed, but if if we had just reversed like two turns and just put that circuit on at a different time, we would have won. Right. So basically be it on the first try on the hardest mode. And the other thing that I found a little annoying, there's actually two things. I found it very fiddly. Like we had to, he had to literally put these like circuits on the board and they're constantly falling. Like they barely fit on the little platform. You had to connect them all. Mm-hmm. That was annoying. And I thought the artwork was kind of ugly. All the other yeah. games in the series have been really pretty. Was it like a puzzle? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's somewhat, it's, somewhat. It's the same as, I mean, everything's open. Yeah. It's, it's the same game system as yeah. Pandemic. There's like four actions you can do on your turn. Everyone has a special ability. Some of the abilities are literally like one Well, I'm kind of pleased because you guys are two Pandemic players and worst game, most disappointing game. Yeah. So of the three in the series, this is my least favorite of the, the Forbidden series. Definitely not as good as Pandemic. Sounds very similar, though. No, not even close. No? No. To- it, totally separate. Yeah. I think there's some similarities. His games are always like, here's the five things you can do on your turn. Here's your special ability. An epidemic is happening. Like when Nathan was explaining the game, yeah, every yeah. every mechanic in the game, you could relate to something in pandemic. That's true. That's true. So in all the forbidden games are kind of like that, but this one I was just I was really excited about it, and then it, it just kind of bummed me out. So mm-hmm. biggest disappointment, Forbidden Sky. Tim, biggest what? disappointment. This was a tough one, but as far as like what we played, was it tough because there's a lot, or because you didn't have any? No, it was it was just uh, trying to pick out. From what we did. So it ended up being uh, Century Eastern Wonders. I suspected this might be. All right. So I have to chime in. It's also mine. Yeah. So we could do oh, a duel. Okay. We could do happen. a duel. So, I mean, it felt a lot like the Century, I assume, Spice Road or Gollum. We've only played Gollum yeah, edition. They're identical. So it kind of had a little bit of that in it with a lot more added complexity of having a board to move across to do actions and stuff like that. And, you know, there was a lot of blocking and it was, it was a little, a little fiddly being later to build things. It cost you a lot more. And I don't know that it added anything more to the game that would make me want to play this over a century golem. So to me, the, the game board and the extra fiddliness, it, it just, it just felt short for me. Yeah. It just fell short. Couldn't agree more. I mean, Century Gollum is one of our favorite games as a group. I mean, we play that game a lot. It's it's a very well-designed game. And this one, I had a high bar for it because same sort of theme or whatever. But yeah, and I think I won that game, but I felt like it was complete luck. And there was, there was sort of a really good card I got early with the auto upgrade. But there's a lot of uh, C-blocking. Can I say C-block? No. You can say C-block. C-block. I'll say C-block. There's a lot of C-blocking going on. <laughs> where somebody would get to a territory right before you just through random chance and it really created a problem in your in your strategy very frustrating and there just seemed to be like a low dar factor i really didn't feel like the decisions i made affected what i was doing other than picking the right card yeah. early on well it's kind of strange cuz you know in century golem you have a card you play it you get the resources here it's like oh i need this resource i got to move four squares to get that resource or that conversion that i wanted the good thing is 
it's like everybody has the same hand of cards, but in order to play it, you've got to move across the board and hope no one else beats you there because first person there is going to, you know, benefit from other people showing up at the same spot. So, yeah, it's a little bit like they tried to make worker placement ish dynamic equal to drafting cards, but they're really not. Yeah. Because once you've drafted a card, it's yours, it's in your hand, you have control over it. Even though you can move around on the board, there's a maintenance with that yeah. that's a little invasive. So are you guys willing to try the combined game that we haven't tried yet? Uh, you could probably silver tongue me into it, but th- this game is really disappointing. I mean, even with that, I'd be willing to play it even the way we played it again, just to give it another play. But yeah, if we introduce the that card side onto it to see how that changes things, maybe that eliminates the blocking that occurs from the movement on the board. I, I would be even okay with taking, you know, because like, if someone was on the square and you moved in that square, you had to pay them a coin. Mm-hmm. And then you had to build after them, which cost you more coins. If you even got rid of the whole paying that person, just everybody can go to the same square with no extra cost. You're still paying the cost of building second or third. So having that happen to you just made it more punishing. And, and it seemed like the coins were at a premium sometimes. So you're expecting to pay two and then you go there and you have to pay three. That could just totally either totally waste your turn because you only had two to begin with or just drain you and which screws up your next step so so yeah both both of us had that makes sense so let's move on to best moment best moving on to the positive ryan ryan's best moment of gen con so my best moment of gen con was when sarah came to witch hunt oh yeah because i felt like there was definitely like a like a weird we should explain to the listener so we have when we're at Gen Con, we're sort of in two groups. We have yeah. Is it Team A and Team B? Team A and Team B. So we're staying at the Marriott, and they were staying at the Stonebridge. Staybridge. Yeah. Whatever. Staybridge. Stonebridge. Stonebridge is actually a better name. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, it was I don't know half mile yeah. or so of a walk, and so it was tough to get back and forth, and all of the obviously the witch hunt games were taking place in the convention center, which is attached to the Marriott. So. Sarah from Team B walked all the way over in order to join us for this. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was cool because it, it, sometimes we just, we struggle with this, the crossover between the groups for whatever reason at Gen Con. It's like we kind of have our own schedules and, you know, we have to make effort to like play together. And a lot of the time, you know, it's just because of the situation, we kind of have to go to them. It was just great to see her come out and want to play something with us. And, I mean, her like husband and like her whole group was back at the doing something else, and she came out and played with us. Yeah, that was nice. And that was the game too. That was the one game. Now she was on the other end of this, where she was one of the people being deceived. So I don't know how much fun she had. Right. But I, I mean, I had a blast. I hope she still had fun. But it was just cool that she was. It there. was very nice. Yeah. So that was uh, probably my best moment. Yeah. Good call, Tim. Best moment. So I, I kind of have two, but then they're oh. really weird. <laughs> so one was when I was at the fantasy flight booth, the, the booth in the sailors hall, and I, I saw the super star destroyer that oh. they had in the case <laughs> for the Armada game. I don't play the Armada game because I just don't want to do it, but it just the thing was like two feet long. Yeah, the thing was awesome, and it was awesome. It's two hundred dollars, <laughs> but it was friggin' awesome looking. Yeah. So that's kind of like oh. Wow, to be, able, there. to be able to drop that ship on a table and play with it is just—it's just—it just sounds kind of cool. Would you rather have two of those or a dwarven forge? 
little. Forest. You could actually, actually, for the Dwarven Forge set, yeah, I could buy four of those. So yeah. I, I think I'd go with four of those. Yeah. But I'd probably only buy one of those and just be happy. You could have a little forest or four Star Destroyers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Super Star Destroyers. Yeah. And then the second one was uh, seeing Spider-Man on a motorcycle. Oh, that was, that was pretty cool. Funny. That was cool. <laughs> it was just, it's just. So we're, we were, where were we? Were we're going to Stone Bridge, right? We were going over to yeah, the State Bridge or the Stone, Stone Bridge, Bridge, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, walking down the street, and all of a sudden, In downtown Indy. Yeah, Spider-Man pulls up on a motorcycle, and stops at the stoplight. No helmet, just Spider-Man in full yeah. outfit it on a motorcycle. Just it was very awesome. funny, and yeah, it's it kind of. And it wasn't like it was some like overweight Spider-Man. It, it looked like, like Spider-Man. He had the exact build of Spider-Man. Yeah. Just like riding a motorcycle through town. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. We have pictures. We do have pictures. Those. We'll post them. Yep. So my best moment is kind of a strange one too. We were playing against, this was, we were at the Stone Bridge and Team A was getting ready to walk back and Imad and Nathan were talking about uh, Dark Stories. Oh my God. This this? just killed 45 minutes of my life waiting to go to bed. Well, did you, did you stay for that? I can't remember. Yeah, I stayed because you would get lost walking home. Lost coming back. So Tim stayed. I figured if I went back, you would, we would never (laughs) see you again. That's right. Thank you for that. So, uh, Imad, uh, just kind of randomly, should we explain dark stories or is that something people know? Um, Typically. It's real easy to explain. It's just a riddle that you have to figure out. Yeah, it's out. like a riddle, and somebody knows the answer to the riddle, and you, as the player, have to ask yes or no questions until right. you figure it out, and it's very frustrating. It's a love-hate game, I know, I've know. i noticed from talking to people. Some people hate it and don't want to play, and other people really like it. Anyway, he posed the riddle, and I got sucked into it, and I had to figure it out. And so I stayed in, finally... Yeah, finally got it at the end, and it was so satisfying. I won't say what it was, but uh, I was walking on with a big smile on my face that I yep. solved that mystery. I tried, but to it was him, it was late. Tried to get him to hang it up several times and to continue it the next oh, day. Yeah. That's not but happening. he couldn't. I, he would have laid awake all night. I'd, I'd be able to go to sleep and then jump back into it the next morning. Chris no. would have stayed up all night trying to figure yeah. it out. So we ended up staying there. Yeah, a that, good forty-five minutes. Well, beyond. as soon as Ahmad said the riddle, Chris's eyes lit up, and he's like, yeah. wait, 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 "What?" Yeah, and then I'm like, "Because it was guy, late, we were getting tired. We were about to leave. I think it was like one." And I'm like, "Oh, you just added an hour to our time home." And Chris is like, "I want to take an hour." Sure enough, it took about an hour. Yeah. Oh to yeah, figure it out. It oh yeah. 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 But I left. I was in bed when you guys got back. So, yeah, yeah. I slept great that night. By the way, less people in the room. Fell asleep. Less people. Oh, when we when you fell. Yeah, asleep. Yeah. By the time yeah. you guys got there, I think I was already asleep. Oh, yeah. It might have been. Yeah. yeah. I think that might have been the night I almost fell on you, too, trying to get over the beds. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <That Nice. was, laughs> you and Dave were both in bed, so I had to, like, you know, try to get by. So, yeah, best moment, dark stories. All right, Ryan's worst moment of Gen Con. So I'm not going to go into details. I'm just going to call this one scheduling mix-ups. Okay. We had some scheduling mix-ups. I feel like I took a lot of heat for some of those, and it was kind of bad, like, to the point I had to go take a breather outside because oh. I was upset. So scheduling mix-ups. Okay. My worst moment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tim, worst moment. So my worst moment was in Witch Hunt. Getting suckered by all you guys. Uh, (laughs) Because I was a villager every time. And then you people sucked me into trusting you that you weren't witches. And pretty much every single game, one of you guys or two of you guys were witches and just totally bamboozled me i finally i finally got to be the priest and that game probably went the most sideways of all that was when you were the judge and you managed to make that game go far so far sideways that it was almost unrecoverable yeah and i was meddling so i was like yeah it it, it ruined my it ruined my priest <laughs> but i still you know saying that though i still i still love the games but uh that's a, that says a i lot. am not trusting 
any of you guys yeah. anymore. Tim's like, he looks at me, he's like, you're good, right? I don't need to worry about it because you guys have been bam- like screwing with me the whole time. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, no, don't worry. I'm, I'm fine. I'm yeah. good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so next time when like someone I don't know says, what about those guys? I'm going to say, I have no clue. They're probably witches <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Right. I think it says a lot that you could have a game like that and still enjoy it. Yeah, game. no, it's still a very enjoyable game. So yeah, it, it shows you how good Witch Hunt is. Yes, yes. My worst moment um, wasn't game related. It was waiting in line at the barbecue place. <laughs> so there was one night we were. Oh, I there. thought it may have been getting your badge waiting in line. That line at least was moving. It's true. Uh, that was painful though. But that was this painful. one, uh, the line was it was moving so slow. I was hungry, standing up. You know, there's the tables are filled. It was frustrating. I I really didn't want to go back after that. But I think it was Dave volunteered. If you want to like wait at the table, I'll I'll pick up your food (laughs) because he knows my about my issues. That was my single worst moment. Wow, I really didn't like that moment. Yeah, I was in a sort of a bad mood for the rest of the night after that. Interesting. That was witch nut night too. Yeah, maybe not for the rest of the the night. Maybe that cured you. I was which, probably which fine maybe you? after I ate, but it was, I don't know. That was tough. That was, that was, a, well, it, that was, that was Saturday night. So it was probably the busiest night that no, was No, that was there. on Friday night. Cause Saturday night he had Dave proxy line for him and Chris and I were like waiting. Right. So we I did Thursday night, Friday night. Oh, so Friday night, second you, night. Friday night you had the real pain in the butt cause then Saturday you were okay. Cause yeah. Saturday was the worst night there as far as yeah. lines. But yeah. you weren't in it. That was right. when Chris and I were talking about the Bachelorette while you guys were in line. Well, yeah, Ryan is watching the God. Bachelorette now. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> My <line>. lord. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of the, the lines, though, what was up with the Gen Con badge line? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that was you know, the this only year. thing I can think of. Is I think last year they actually had it broken up. Where if you were an A, you went over here, B, C. Yep. So they had it broken up by last name. So when the person you went there, he was curating all the A's and B's. Versus you walked up and then they had to go find the box that you were in and then find your thing. Yep. So whatever they did this year at Gen Con, don't do it again next year because the lines were about a million times worse than they've been in the last 15 years. So how long would you say from – like I, I I mean I don't think this is an exaggeration. I think the line itself was at least a half mile long. The first, yeah, We didn't worse. see that one when you were there. Yeah, at its yeah. worst because it was, it was the entire length of the convention center. Yeah. Then out the door and then down the block as far as I could see. So I was like taking – I took a picture of it. Like I've never seen the line yeah. like that. So the, the, whatever decision they made to sort pickups this time was the worst decision ever made because yeah. it was a joke. It and, was and so I, bad. And if you think about it, how many people waiting in that line do you think would give you $10 if you just handed them their badge? Because that's basically – they're saving $10 to wait in that line. And I bet you if you walked down that line and said, I'll give you your badge right now for $10 – I bet you nine out of ten people would do it. Yeah. So that's what you should be thinking of when you don't do have your badge shipped to you. Yeah, I don't know. Next year, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's I never, might give them a it's, chance it's, to fix it's, it, but it's if it's never two years in a row, been, it's I'm, never been a problem. This is the first year that it was a problem. So whatever they changed this year, they need to undo because it it caused and it wasn't just initial things. It was like that on Friday night. It was uh-huh. like that on set every day. There was a line to get your badge at Will Call. I went to Will Call, and I know for a fact that we used to go to Will Call at like 1 or 2 in the morning, and there would be literally nobody there. Yeah. And so I went at 1 in the morning on Wednesday when it's it's like the convention hasn't even really started yet. Right. And there's a half-hour line. So they're, they're, Something's wrong. Yeah. They've, something happened. They've for really sure. screwed something up. And I did notice, and I think this is really it. I think Tim might have hit it because they were having a hard time finding the badges. Mm-hmm. I waited... The person in front of me waited five minutes for theirs, and then I waited five minutes for mine. And that's that's ridiculous. While they dug through like box after box, 
So something was goofed up about how they organized. Yeah, I think I think they need to sort it out by last names, and every person's yeah kind of got a, th- a letter. Alphabetize them? Not very. I mean, I'm sure they were alphabetized, but the problem is. You've got a guy way down on the left side who's got to walk all the way to the other side to get the A's to walk all the way back to the other side. Whereas if he was only sorting, you know, yeah. T through up, he's just going to turn around behind him and find the thing right and give there. it out. Yeah. yeah, it would be right there. Yeah. And let's put it this way. They're not in a hurry to walk over there and get your badge. They've got a long line of people to serve. So this is kind of like you're at the post office and dealing with the worst service you could get because they they really have no effort to get you out of there quickly so that was my something for the change for next time is them to fix their stupid system oh okay so we moved on to something to change so it's not something for us to change it's something for gen Con what was your worst moment to change my my worst moment was getting suckered by you guys in so which we're moving on we're moving on right, oh so we've moved on baby i didn't realize tim just he jumped over to the next one yeah so so i'll i'll do mine then. sure so mine is something to change for next time this really it's not really related to anything with you guys i don't think i want to stay in the hotel by myself on wednesday anymore and this isn't about getting you to come early. I just need to make a new plan because I paid 300 bucks to stay in the hotel by myself on Wednesday night just so I could. It was convenient the next morning for me to get up and like be there at 10 o'clock. So don't think I'm going to do that anymore unless I can get someone to share the room with me. So I had a, I actually talked to James about this. I think next year I'm going to go with him on Wednesday and stay with the Taylor brothers. So it's like a twofold plan. Also, something I want to change for next year is I... Like we got Peter involved, and Peter was really cool. And yeah. I, I think all the brothers, I, you played with them. Like, like I want to get more of them involved, and like more involved with us. And I think this year was like the stepping stone year for that. So I'm hoping if I get to know some of them, that maybe more of them will be interested in like joining with us. Yeah. So we can still book though Thursday through yeah Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Okay. The thing they changed is they made you book Thursday through Saturday. That's not a bad one. Mine isn't that interesting. Um, something to change for next time would be just less epic, like, seven-hour games. Because I, I, I had the same feeling you did when – I'm pointing to Ryan. When uh, we looked at the games that we played, and there just wasn't a lot. Uh, and I think one of the main reasons was that seven-hour well, yeah, game. That killed, we pretty much went to breakfast, played that game, went to dinner, yeah. and then – Maybe did a couple more things that evening. Look at the Stone so, Bridge. Yeah, so it was Stone Bridge. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that probably would have normally been like three games, and said we played one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Something you really wanted to do that you weren't able to do, Ryan. So mine is large group games. I feel like every year at Gen Con up to this year, we've had one game that we've played in like a big group. So I think a couple years ago it was Code Names or Code Names right. Pictures. And then last year, it was Captain Sonar. And this year, we didn't really have to one. To crypto, we did. Not really, though. Sarah, like for one, Sarah didn't doesn't like playing it in big groups. I think we only played like max of six in a game. Uh, what I'm talking about is a game that plays like 12 people. Sure. We should do Witch Hunt with our group. Uh-huh. Well, I actually thought of that afterwards. Why aren't we doing stuff like that? I have that? no idea. Why aren't we, we doing stuff like we that? We could have done that. I, I mean, think... Nathan, I don't think would do it, though. That's the problem. Yeah. So, we'd be so I think we have, we have a couple people who wouldn't want to do it. So that would kind of eliminate. So part of this is because one of the games I had targeted to buy was going to play 12 people. Mm. But then it was the game I couldn't get. When I got there, it was sold out. Mm. But it wasn't like a social game either. It was just like a, I don't even know how great of a game it would be. It's a roll and write game where you, you roll dice and then you like write stuff on this piece of paper and you try to, it was a train theme game. So you're trying to connect routes. So you roll dice that have like different train routes and you're trying to make connections and it's just whoever is the most efficient at doing that. It probably would have just been like a 20-minute game, but okay. it could have played all of us. Right. 
uh, which was the the appeal. Gotcha. But yeah, I feel like we we need to make sure we have a game like that. And I think Nathan brought Captain Sonar, but we never played it. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. After all the talk, I thought Captain Sonar was going to happen. Yeah, I'll sure. just I'm just going to tap in yours. That was something that I wanted to do that we weren't able to. Do, was Captain Sonar yeah. specifically? I love that game. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and we never play it. And he brought it there. We had the amount of people, and we still didn't play it. Yeah, I, uh, it's a shame. I think what happened is Decrypto took its place this year, but Decrypto, we can't play with as large of a group. Yeah, yeah. I think six or eight. Eight is the most you want to do Decrypto with. Yeah. But the same with Captain Sonar. Six might be preferred. So maybe next year I need to bring something like that Deception game. Do you remember that game? That game plays 12 people. Well, we used to do the, we used to do the uh, Spyfall, right? When we were yeah, doing the bigger groups. That was we haven't, we haven't, we haven't we done that in a while. Yeah. The, that in a max of eight, though. The that new was, one has a 12, and right. I have it. I, we've uh, just never played it. Okay. And it, it has two spies, which is, I think, kind of interesting. Yeah. I think we need to make that mandatory that we have large group games because I felt like we would go over to the Stone Bridge. I'm just going to start calling it that. Why not? <laughs> What's the real name again? The Stay, stay Bridge. Bridge. Oh. Because you stay there. I like the Stone Bridge better. <laughs> the Stone Bridge actually does sound more better. More medieval sounding. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like we would go there, but then we just split into like little groups. Yeah, that's exactly of, what happened. Like hanging out together in a big group. Yeah. Something you really wanted to do but weren't able to. Wanted to jump out of a donut parachuting and land on a pile of cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no. Just, I already kind of said it. I, I wanted to do the X-Wing 2.0 demo and oh, yeah. kind of see what all the the hype and uh, blood support is for for the game that does not exist yet. So <laughs> It's the best game ever, Tim. Best that game no, ever. That no one's ever played. It'd be like, you know, doing this whole Key Forge thing too. So, oh, it's thousand times better than magic yeah no i'm not i'm definitely I'm, I'm not pretty saying sure that. i'm pretty sure i'm not saying that yeah for that yeah. record so yes so yeah that's that's it just next week to him any other fun tidbits i've got a tidbit oh a tidbit. let's hear it i didn't i knew this wasn't going to come up anywhere else or i suspected um i wanted to talk about nyctophobia what did you play nyctophobia is this like you're afraid to play games with nick <laughs> <laughs> Nick was there. Yeah, and he did win uh, the Everdale. So Everdale. Okay. So no, Nick Tophobia was a game where you you had to play like blindfolded. Did you see them? Oh, really this was this was the uh, yeah. Blues Brothers looking right. game. Yeah. So you put on yeah. these wacky glasses that you they're completely black. You couldn't see through them. Now you could see kind of out the sides and out the bottom, but you can't see the board. So everything the players are doing is by by touch. And the the objective is there's like a murderer trying to kill you in the woods. And you're trying to escape. You're trying to get to the car and someone has to phone for help. And then everyone has to survive one more round. So like you set up the board randomly and the board, it's it's mo- it's a modular board that has like these 3D plastic pieces for the terrain. And there's one person that's the moderator. So they're kind of running the game, but they're also controlling the murderer. And they like every round, I think I didn't get to do this, but I think they draw a couple cards and they, d- they decide on the action of the killer. So there's some decision-making, but for the most part, they're just kind of running the game. And everyone has a special ability. And at the start of your turn, you would hold your hand out, and the moderator has to grab your hand and put it on your piece. And then you, you can feel around and, and then move and then do your actions. But you're trying to, like, you're, it's a cooperative game, so everyone's working together against the, the murderer, trying to figure out where each other are on the board, and then someone just has to get to the car, like the car is in a, in a random spot. It was pretty interesting. So I, only, only one person has to get to the car? Only one person has to get to the car because it's like they call for help and then everyone just has to survive around, which is enough time for like the police to come or whatever. Oh, that's totally unrealistic. 
I don't know. You're in the middle of the woods. I don't know how long 15 minutes at least. Yeah. But cell phones? I guess not. Okay. But what what I find, well, the game was pretty, was actually fun, although I couldn't have played it more than once in a row because I was literally blinded for like a half hour and I felt kind of nauseous afterwards. But what I think is cool about this game is from what I heard about it is that the person who designed this game designed it because they had a relative, I don't know if it was their dad or their uncle or something that was blind, and they wanted to create a game that they would be on like a level playing field with this wow. relative. So that was like the reason that they designed it, which I think is is cool in and of itself. But the game was actually fun. I, I had fun trying to figure out where I was. And I thought my special ability was kind of neat. I liked it. So yeah, it was an interesting game, and Nathan has it, so you guys should give it a try. Okay. Nyctophobia. Was your, was your uh, special ability speed dial? No, my special ability is not speed dial. Darn. I know I know. Uh, Dave played this too, so it'd be yeah. interesting to see what Dave's uh, input on that I is. mean, there's definitely nothing like it. There's yeah. no game I've ever played like this. Mm. So yeah, that was my tidbit. I mean, tidbits from Tim? I don't think so. I think overall, I think this was a, a, a very good Gen Con. You know, we kind of stuck to our let's play and not wait and, you know, meeting up and, and getting together and doing things. So I, I, overall, I'm really happy. Yeah, the only thing I noticed, we played Dragon Castle every day. Yeah. <laughs> At least once. Yeah. I don't think we've ever done that with... Caused Dave to actually buy it. Yeah, Dave bought it. Dave actually bought it, so... Yeah. And I think there's, in general, a good mix of old and new games. For me, it was, like, just right. Yeah. So, right amount of old, right amount of new. And I agree with Tim. I think it was a good... Good Gen Con. So okay. I want to piggyback off that real quick. Let's touch base on our plan we made last year because something needs to be said about this. The plan. So the plan we made last year was this year we won't park in our parking garage. Mm-hmm. Right. So everyone will save money to buy games at the convention. Now, I'm curious, did any of you buy any games at the convention? No. In fact, I didn't even use my badge. <laughs> Forgot about that. We, that is funny. And it never got checked, right? It never got checked. Not even at Witch Hunt? No. They said they were going to. Um, and I did have it out, like it was exposed on my backpack. But uh, I could have done the whole convention without the badge. Yeah. So I think it was a, I think that it is. was a flawed plan. So I, I did buy, I bought two games. I bought okay. Celestia and I bought Century Golem Edition. Okay, but you didn't buy games for us to play there, right? Because you kind of pre-bought well, all of the them. That's the problem. So <laughs> I would have, I would have. I would have paid for a game. I didn't want to like go to the convention, but, the, but, the gamer. But here's the though. problem that I realized afterwards: like you would be basically buying a game blind, and then who would own it afterwards? It's like I guess you would own it, but then you might not even like it. Well, what if I bought a game like Stockpile? Like I know that game. Well, we but we could just Stockpile. bring that game. Well, the, because, the, because we didn't want to lug them around, wasn't that well, the idea? Or were you saying we had to buy well, new Joel, games? Joel was wasn't. Joel wasn't well, there. Century to bring wasn't Stockpile. new. Tim wanted to buy Century. That wasn't new. Right. That's right. why I'm saying Tim's Tim the games Tim's bought weren't part of the plan. The right. plan was to buy new games to play to play there. Well, yeah, we I think, would, I think Team B did that. I don't think we did. We, we would need to research that more to know what's And I think that's the problem. I, yeah. I think I'm the only one who cares about doing research. And maybe I'm wrong about that. But Yeah, but I trust like if you said that there was a game that I would like, then you would buy I it. would trust well, I would trust that and I'm willing okay. to to spend on yeah. the money toward that. I don't care. That would make me nervous though. Like, you're putting your money down on my work. Yeah, but I would have to put it on parking anyway. <laughs> true. It's, 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 it's not true. a lot of pressure. Right, exactly. It's, it's you know, if we if we drop 30 bucks on a game and it ends up sucking, we didn't pay $150 for parking, we, we'll just give it to you to sell on your Saturday trips and yeah. you know, you'll get rid of it and we'll get 15 bucks back. Yeah. It's just like Forbidden yeah. Sky. Nathan wasn't too up with it and so he was going to, I think, sell it to a mod and the mod said, of course, but well, you opened it so it's, you know, that price. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what actually happened there, but I thought it was pretty funny. Maybe we could like pool money together. I'll buy I'll buy games on Thursday morning, and then at the end we kind of like draft them, like who wants to keep what mm. or something like that. Yeah, you could do that too. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Yeah, because there's there's something that I bought that I wanted, I would just wait and just buy it again. Like yeah. if you picked it. Or, well, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. If it was good enough to uh, want to purchase again, yeah, yeah you you go pick it. All right, we'll have to we'll have to refine this plan for next year. Yeah, we got some time. Yeah. I we spent got, a lot of money at Gen. We got till February. well, a lot of that was on those other stacking games and stuff. And, you know, that game was, was great. By yeah, the way. You, did you finally play it with the kids? Yeah, Beast of Balance is really good. Nice. Yeah. I, you didn't even mention that. I forgot to mention it. Tidbit. I played it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, Beast, Beast of Balance was a very fun stacking game that is basically like a board game mixed with a with a computer game, like a video game. I think it's the first time that they've. It's really like 50-50 video game and board game. Interesting. It's pretty interesting stuff. Cool. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll talk about that. All right. All right. So, uh, Gen Con 2018 was a success. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up episode 44. 44. If you'd like to, you can go to our website at outofgamepodcast.com or you can find our guild, BGG Guild 1990. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Stitcher at OOG Podcast. Well, on Facebook, join our Facebook group. You can email us at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. I might decommission the voicemail. We haven't got a voicemail in like over a year. By the way, shout out to Kenneth Spawn. We did see him, of course. He knew where we were. He knew where we were. He found us. The prophet. Yeah. So leave us a voicemail at 40OOG80. For great games and amazing prices, shop at coolstuffinc.com. And for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to dicetowernetwork.com. Good night. Good night. tackling my magic number down from like 50 i, I completely stopped my sneeze that was amazing yeah <laughs> that, that was that was well i done. saw it like welling up so i had to pause <laughs> yeah i totally vetoed it i have a question about the bag of holding oh okay so if you don't remember the name of something does it get lost in the bag of holding because you have to call for it in yeah there? Like, is there a way to just call everything out, or could you forget what something is and lose I it? Always, I always played that if you dump a bag of holding upside down, it all comes out. Okay. Which be- is ridiculous, because there's huge things in there, but <laughs> it's it doesn't make any sense that you would say the name of it, and it would come out. Like, how does that even happen? Well, it's like in like an alternate space-time. Yeah, but who's doing it? Is there like an invisible butler that's fetching it? It's whoever made there's, the bag. There's a librarian in there. Yeah. See, that's them. Denib. I like the idea of <laughs> I like the idea of an extra-dimensional bag, but there's no intelligence there. It would be funny if the bag had intelligence. But speaking of the Titanic and bags of holding, I had this one campaign where somebody No, it was me that did this in a different campaign. I threw a bag of holding in a lake to drain it because I was looking for treasure. <laughs> So it, it created this vortex and it drained the whole lake. And then I just walked over to the treasure chest. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Speechless. It's a creative solution. It, it, it is. That's why they let me get away with I it. I remember in one of our, in Delaire, we, they had like this festival and there were little kids running around with knives trying to cut people's bags of holding. Because yeah. if you cut the bag of holding, it destroys it. Right. Yeah, everything in there. Pranksters, young yeah. punks. Uh-huh. I could totally see you doing that. Oh, like at the, at the Ren I could see you doing that when you were a kid. <laughs> Chasing the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, Ryan looks like Johnny Lawrence. Yeah.
I'm back, by the way. That's Check right. out my YouTube show. We're way off topic. Yep. So, Kim, uh, Tim. Kim, who's, where, who's Kim? Kim Jong-un. Oh. He also liked the Titanic game oh. because it had lots of death. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, Hall of Fame. The sinking of the Titanic is an interesting description, but you realize the Hall of Fame is an honor. Someone turning a hose on outside? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Sounds like a water spigot like on the outside. Yeah. It's the ghost. There's a fireman out there putting a fire out. <laughs> <laughs> little gnome gardening. Maybe he's out there watering his own. <laughs> it's like your, it's like poltergeist for your printer. No, it's, it's coming from over here. <laughs> Yeah, it does sound like... Okay. Yeah, anyway, as I was okay. saying, this game, and it was much more complex than originally you'd think. Well, that's what James... Yeah, what is that? There is something, like, making noise over here, and it sounds funny. It's periodically... Almost like running water. So this would be like the scene in the horror movie where Chris just gets stuck <laughs> out the door. <laughs> That's the case. I'm picking up both mics and wielding them like maces. The night of the podcast. Oh, Chris's blind fell off. He's fixing that now. Oh, man. He's not too handy, so this might take a while. Yeah. Oh, wow, that was quick. It's because I'm more handy than I look. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what was the noise? I have no idea. Probably oh, a ghost. Okay. <laughs> Mouse chewing through I've tried talking to ghosts in this house and summoning, not summoning them, just asking, hey, any ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> Love to talk to a ghost. And just sort of make a deal with them. You know, I'll, if you have any messages you want to deliver to anybody living, I'll hook you up. Just don't haunt me? No, I, but I want something in return. Yeah, don't haunt me. No, I don't really care about that. What if that. they're scary or yeah, something? They, what are they going to do? What if they invade your dreams? They, they can't make me dream about anything scarier than I already dream about. <laughs> what happens if you had to talk to Whoopi Goldberg? Ooh. That's okay. That's okay. That, I love that movie. It was a classic. But yeah, I mean... Uh, Root. Root. <laughs> 